I got my booster this week, but frankly, it was fairly uneventful. That's some good health choices. In terms of less good health choices, uh, after this recording, I am going to try to open a wine bottle without a bottle opener. Like, without a, a corkscrew. I see. I see. I looked up some methods, because I, I was probably going to go to the store today, but I ended up not doing it, because whatever. If you ran a bottle of wine, yeah. Yeah, it said I'm just going to try something I read online that involves, like, gently banging it against the wall with, like, a towel wrapped around it. So, like... <laughs> I mean, the best case scenario tonight is I get wine drunk. Like, not like drunk, and like, I'll probably have like a glass or something. But like, mm-hmm. you, know, it, you know, last episode, I poisoned myself with fiber powder. This episode, I may end up covered in glass shards afterwards. Great, 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 great. I'm glad Bob doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and associated media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I apologize to uh, uh, to my various friends and family for reaching out to them with some increasingly awkward questions over the next couple weeks. I'm filling out a, I'm filling out a background application uh, for a new job that I'm applying for, and turns out that they're asking for like a lot of information about uh, my family and friends, and... Man, there's nothing like filling out a background application to make you realize, oh, I don't have seven to ten friends, mm. so I'm doing some stretches here. Like I, I am reaching, I am reaching back to have, have getting you listed, in contact people just to put them on a form. Have you listed Daniel K as one of them? I have not listed Daniel K as one. Of them. I think you, I think you could honestly like uh, list Daniel K. List Nate Tweehues. Someone replied on Facebook uh, recently, so. Yeah, like lovely. All Brokusatsu podcast listeners get to be on our resumes. That's our promise to you. <laughs> pa- Paul Nichols. Hey, he he likes Ghostbusters, so he's a good guy. Yay! Hopefully, he's uh, a good guy. Hopefully, you're not like a Nazi, Paul Nichols. I I know that's a weird <laughs> thing to throw out there. Okay, <laughs> but like, it's just I'm pretty sure you're not because like we've we've been famously anti-Nazi on the show, but like I don't know, maybe you skipped Doom Patrol. <laughs> It, it's it's not you. It's not you. It's just that we've been on Facebook and we've seen things. You know, these days, you know, you, you gotta wonder. <laughs> no one gets a free check. <laughs> free pass. <laughs> All right, so I, I should have apologized this episode as what we've done. <laughs> but I didn't, so whatever. You can apologize, Harry, you can apologize next week. Okay. For whatever the hell just happened here. Uh, but let's get into Go-Busters, guys. Uh, despite how bad and atrocious our intro was we had a couple pretty good episodes this week see it's interesting you said that because i actually thought these two were relatively weak and this, now we're gonna get it i'm glad though because we have a different opinion and we can get into it well they there's a lot there's a lot to chew on like there's definitely a lot to chew on with these two episodes and and i enjoyed them uh like there's there were some things that they did that i didn't like this episodes but overall i did quite like them 
the problem with the first the first episode, I'll, I'll do this because like the second one's something I could do in media source. The problem with the first one is it's kind of like a moral for Hiromu that we just got a version of last episode. It's also one that I fundamentally disagree with, but uh, we. So okay, I kind of warned you about this, like going into this episode, as I was like two minutes uh, into watching this, I knew that this was going to be a pretty long conversation. So we're going into episode seven of Go Busters. And as the episode begins, we get to see the background maintenance crews. So this is going to be like the the behind the scenes episode where we get to see all the people working uh, on the giant megazords and just keeping society safe and uh, doing their part. And that's, you know, that's great. I, I love these types of episodes. The thing is, the point of view character that we're following for this one, like the, the mechanic, he's kind of a fuck up. <laughs> Not like a huge one. Okay, so as uh, we... uh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get so as the episode starts. Like we'll litigate this after the episode. Like when we've done the evidence. Like yeah, uh, we'll we'll litigate this. Like the episode actually litigates this inside the episode, and I was quite happy about that. So okay. we will we will do some concurrent uh, litigation. So it starts off, and they're doing maintenance on uh, Ace, like the the red machine. That's the triple changer. He's a uh, he's a person, a car, and a cheetah. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, and he's he, also the heart and soul of the Big Mac. He even has like his own diary that he writes like his maintenance logs in. Like he he loves working on giant robots for a living because who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the theme of these two episodes that giant robots are cool and this universe understands that. Yeah, good because they are. He's in there. He's finishing a tune up. He's like wiping down. Like because uh, Hiromu's like like motorcycle that's also his Benny Roid is in there. They gotta be in there to have the machines work, so he's just, like, buffing down uh, Nick. Uh, but yeah, as he is uh, called away to go to a different uh, position to do maintenance there, uh, we get a zoom in on a part of the console, and we realize, oh no, uh, one of the safety lights is not on. Dun dun dun. Well, he got distracted by a superior kind of calling him over the radio and telling him to, you know, asking if he's done, he needs to go on to the next thing. He, he goes out, and he like, the Go-Busters see him, and uh, realize that he's gotten in trouble with his boss and that he slips comedically on the stairs, like falls down, dumping a bunch of his stuff. Yep. Like loses a tool. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we don't realize this until a little bit later, but he actually loses one of his important tools uh, in this uh, in this slip. And as he's walking away, Red kind of turns to the other guys and he says, hey, do we think this guy is cut out to be on the maintenance team for Ace? And, and the, the other two turtles were like, dude, he he's taken five steps away. He can still hear you. Like, look at his expression. He's clearly, he's hearing us say this right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they definitely underline that. But like, the thing is, okay. And here, so this is clearly, uh, I knew at this point, and it, I, I was right, this was going to be a kick the wooby, pet the wooby episode. Like, you know, this this mechanic guy, this fuck-up, he's the wooby that, you know, the audience is supposed to feel sorry for, that kind of gets beat down a little bit, uh, but then, you know, gets the pep talk, and there's, like, triumph at the end and all that, right? The thing is, Red is fucking right. Like, he, Red is, I am so on Red's side in this situation. Like, this is, this is a valid question to ask. Like, is this guy cut out to be on the maintenance team? Because... These three teenagers are standing between Earth and Annihilation. It's a little questionable to me how much people outside of the organization know this, but at least people inside the base know, like, hey, 
this is this is for the whole ball game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the stakes here are very high, and we've just seen this guy do two fuck ups, one of which will come back majorly in a little bit. So and and the thing is, like, the question is: this guy cut out to be on the maintenance team? That doesn't have to be a loaded question. The thing is, that should be a question that should be asked about literally everyone on the maintenance team. And for the most part, the answer will be, yes, this person is cut out on the maintenance team. But every now and again, you're going to find a person that is questionable or the answer is no. And when the stakes are this high, if the if it's questionable, they gotta get gone. Let's wait for the rest of the episode for me to fully argue this, because it's based on evidence that shows up later. Like, so I don't want to bring it up now, but I think that he re- like redeems himself or shows his competence. A little bit, a little bit, but... Right. So, enter... He, he's dealing with his boss, Messiah, who's just, a, at this point we've realized, he's just like a screaming skull in the internet that just wants all humans to suffer forever. And enters, This is like, almost like, I, I I almost wondered if this was a flashback. This conversation is just so, so similar to the one that they had like two or three episodes ago. Yeah, it, it's, like, Messiah is like a single issue voter. He's just like, I want humans to suffer. And, and just like, what about our, our logistics? You know, we could do better plans that, you know, maybe long-term. We don't need to make them suffer right now. We could, like, have a lot more suffering down the line. Enter is the one guy who is holding this organization together. Like, he is he is the one guy with plans. He is the one guy with strategy. He seems to be the only field agent for Messiah on Earth. And maybe that turns out to not be the case, but he's the only one that we've seen so far. So he, he has more plans for gathering Enertron en masse. And so he turns a train car into a Metaroid. It's a it's an adorable uh, monster of the week this week. You know, just very very train esque, very Transformers y. Like if if there is a Transformer that turns into a train, and I'm sure there is, it would look exactly like this guy. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a there's like a bunch of Transformers that are like different sections of a train, and they come. Maybe I'm just thinking of the the Sentai series that is literally that where they're. They're different parts of a train, and they have a train mech. You know, he summons a train, and so the big mech, uh, the big monster is going to be there in thirty minutes. So it's time to gas up the Megazords. But oh no, the safety light on Ace is still flashing. The train bot. He's running around. He's gathering little bits of Enertron. Like Yoko points out, like, hey, you know, these are just the cars. The Enertron. It's in the engines, and Enter knows that. But because, uh, like, of the general. Like, there's still the power lines running overhead, so the robot's kind of just running along those and zapping little bits as it goes. Which does confuse again, because I thought we had determined that Energon was a liquid. It's, is it uh, is it a liquid and, uh, and a beam, like, just depending on what it needs to be? Listen, for a long time, scientists, like, didn't know what heat was. They thought there was, like, phlogiston, so, like... This is a whole new state of matter that, like, we don't know the exact rules for. I think, like, yes, it could be liquid, but also it can be, like, something that flows along wires. Okay. It's okay. just, it's weird. The Monster of the Week, he's just gonna run around collecting Enerjod from the wires, and uh, Enter summons just a huge, huge swarm of putties to uh, deal with the, uh, to deal with the Rangers this week. Yeah, he just, he just has to slow them down so his robot can go off and get more Enerjod. Like, he's not worried about killing them at this point. And uh, not to divert us too much, but this is actually, I really liked the fight uh, this week. Yeah, it's good. Like, they uh, like they were in uh, Train Yard, and, like, they were doing little bits to make it more tactical. Like, uh, Yellow would 
ducked under one car, like shot the legs of some of the the mooks. And when they looked under, they could see her. But that's because she has a super leg, so she just jumped over the jump jumping shots. Yeah, there's a reason that train stations are in like every first person shooter ever. It's that they're they're a genuinely awesome dynamic place to have this type of fight, this type of gunfight, because there's a lot of hard corners. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, trick spots where people can like jump out. There's like ladders. There's multiple levels. Uh, there's windows everywhere. It's just a really great place to have dynamic fights. And this fight goes on for a while. Like they were they were milking this putty fight. The, the fights in this episode are pretty long, which is another thing. I was like, not, not, it's not like a negative on the episode, but it's just like in terms of me thinking we may have less to talk about in this one because it's just long fight sequences. Well, the uh, the on the ground fights are long. We'll we'll get to the others later. So back at the base. Uh oh, Ace is malfunctioning. <laughs> yep, he has had an Energon overload because uh, the mechanic did not uh, correctly repair one of the panels, something, something, something inside uh, his mainframe. So it is going to take half an hour to repair. I gotta assume it's something just like, I mean, it's one of the maintenance switches. So maybe it's like, it just was set. It wasn't even broken. It was just set to the wrong setting. So Energon was pushed in too much and like overflowed the capacity. So it just burnt it out. Like he, like one of the breakers was stuck on or something. I mean, that, that would be even worse uh, for the mechanic. If like, you know, he, it's not even something he missed if it's something he actively caused. Uh, like, he forgot to put one bolt back on, effectively. The rangers, they have, let's see, they haven't destroyed the monster at this point, right? Uh, no, no, uh, they uh, they go back to the base. Like, well, Red goes back to the base because I guess he was planning on getting his machine soon. But uh, instead, he gets to see the two technicians being chewed out by the commander. And, all right, I appreciate that this is, like, Japanese culture, but, like, the repairs can be done in a half hour why did they come here to like bow to the boss and apologize for it like that that's a couple minutes you could just do getting it done and like bow later like this yeah is... you could just like you could keep your radio off for 15 minutes do the repair and maybe no one notices yeah like that's that's not like a huge delay mm-hmm. like it's gonna it's gonna take minutes to get from inside ace's head down to like this control this control station and back like that is that that's not like two rooms away. That is multiple staircases or elevators. That's a lot of movement. Yeah, Red got here. Red got here uh, fast because he has super speed. But the, I, they they factored in the apologizing time to their estimate. So the mecha- the new mechanic uh, who fucked up, you know he he bows deeply to Red and he says that you know he demands that uh, Red fire him and Red shoots back. This isn't some game. If you can't cut it, fire yourself. And, you know, fuck yeah. Red is right. Red is right in yeah, this that, episode. That's not an incorrect thing to say, but, like, that's not the end of the episode. I probably would have fired this guy, though. I mean, like, we, we don't... We'll get into it later. Okay. Uh, back at the train station, uh, they are tracking the train who, like, you know, he ran away when the putties were there. Uh, Blue... Sen uses his camera to shoot a holographic train in front of the other, uh, in front of the monster, which, uh, you know, causes him to fall off the track. And that's a really useful power that we're just learning about now. Yeah, I don't remember this happening, like, a lot, so it, uh, maybe this is, like, a thing they're supposed to be able to do, and they just remember to, like, put it in the show now. Uh, Red is back on his motorcycle getting over to the site, and the motorcycle is trying to talk up the mechanic, because... He was good about certain aspects, like he was 
uh, good with a lot of the maintenance, good about buffing him. He just did one little mistake. Red cuts back that one little mistake that can put the world in danger, and if he can't handle the pressure, he should leave. Well, Nick says, well, yeah, that's true, but we all make some mistakes sometimes. And Nick, and Haruma says, no, I'm peerless and never make mistakes. I've been flawless since I was born. <laughs> so there is some nuance to this. Red uh, finally shows up and he engages the train. He's uh, kicking its ass. This is not a strong monster of the week. You know, this is a runaway and collect energy monster. Yeah, yeah. But as he's about to deliver a finishing blow, there's a chicken weather vein. He sees it and, and kind of freezes up. And the motorite says, well, I have no idea why this is happening, but I'm going to continue running away. To which he does. And, you know, yellow and blue, they uh, show up. They shoot the weather vane and red snaps out of it. And then they just curb stomp the sky for a while. Yeah, like, there's a point. Like, they're, they're doing flips. They're hitting with enemy with attacks. There's a point where they all just kind of grab him and just start stabbing him really fast. Like, full-on Caesar. Like, mode. It's like, Jesus. They're really- yeah, yeah. It's kind of brutal, and, like, the, the theme music is playing for this fight. Like, it, they're treating this fight a lot more dramatically than what we're seeing on the screen. They're treating it like, you know, this dramatic fight against, like, a, a mid-boss or an end-boss or something. But this is just, like, a measly underling who is getting his ass kicked. So they, they kill it and enter. He's just off in a nearby train car. He's like, ugh, dang it. I was very close to getting another. Eh, you know, say la vie. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so the monster, uh, the big monster finally shows up uh, with like two underlings and they kind of do a monster centipede thing together. Yeah, it, it, well, it's like it's a they they do like a conga line version of a train because it's an alpha Megazord. So it summons little, little bugs with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it, it does look really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Hiromu apologizes for his slip up earlier, which like I don't feel like it's right to equivocate this to the technician. Like, for all I'm defending the technician, he did fuck up and make a mistake. Hirobu, he has, like, a mental trauma that's linked to a medical condition he has that, through, like, no fault of his own, was triggered at a certain moment. And, like, through the whole show, he's shown to be, like, working on this thing and trying to overcome it. So, like, he didn't actually make a mistake. It's just a weakness he has, which is different. It's a different thing. It's completely different. It is absolutely different. Like, the mechanic did screw up. And, you know, as he as he goes up to the cockpit, he is reaching for his toolkit and he realizes, oh no, my screwdriver, it's gone. Because cause this guy's a bit of a fuck up. Uh, I mean, it's, look, it's a bad day. He's, like, been tilting a lot of stuff. But anyway, the thing is, he goes up to the, to the cockpit and, like, he knows exactly the right like component to pull out like he looked at it and it seemed like oh i think i know what the problem is he pulls out the like there'd been a cgi insert shot of a certain circuit board burning out and he pulls it out it's like yeah i know it's this one so even though he fucked up he does he is good enough at his job to know exactly where it is and where to go to replace it and like all right yes he says i lost my screwdriver and Hiromu shows up to hand it to him but like i he's gotta have like multiple screwdrivers in a toolbox like i have not seen the toolbox i don't like, think i don't think screwdriver. he did it's it's not a big toolbox harry a screwdriver is just like a flat edge he could have like done it with that was a phillips said it's it's two uh inverted flat edges okay well uh, the, the point is like he's not like <laughs> yes he said he fucked up but like it i feel like him being good enough at this job to go in and fix it and 
Herb also shows us up and says, hey, how many people work on Ace anyways? And he's like, uh, 50, I think. It's like, wow, I did not consider that before. They do have a moment, and Red's, like, it is a nice, it, it is a nice moment for Red to realize, oh, god damn, there's a lot of people, like, counting how many, there's a lot of people working on these mechs. That's, that's just my view on it, like, and people, it's a large organization, there's errors, like, fucking NASA has blown satellites into the sides of planets because they forgot to convert from Imperial to metric a couple times, you know, like, in big organizations, there are fuck-ups. This is true. This is true. And he does he does work very hard and very quickly to fix the air. And he lets Ace get out there uh, to have a non-fight against the... And so, I, I guess let's mention this now. And this this is going to be a note for next episode as well. Now that they have, like, the, the combined form of the Megazord, the big fights are boring. Uh, they're, they're more boring. Like, there's... Eh, yeah. The big fights last 30 seconds, Harry. Like, they just, they they turn into the big guy, they charge their sword, and they win. Mm, a little bit. Like, yeah. that, that's happened three episodes in a row now. And granted, the on-the-ground fights are on point. Like, they, uh, they did great with those this week. They do great with those all the time, but I really need them to get into the swing of things with, like, the... Uh, with the combined mech, because he's just charging his sword and one-shotting the bad guys. I mean, he's a lot less agile in his Megazord form. Like, I'm not saying it never gets as good as it was in those early couple episodes, but, like, those are when the suits are the most agile and they can do the most with them. Like, there's only going to be more stuff stuck out to it as the show goes on, along with some other things that show up. So, like, there will will doubtless be episodes with good mech action, but, like... Like, the the mech action is good until the super suit shows up. Because, like... uh, next episode, next uh, and this episode a bit. Uh, blue and yellow, you know, they were they were fighting the stuff uh, on foot, and and that was fine, that was fine. But then they just combine and win. Yeah, yeah. They charge up the sword. They they blow up the thing. Uh, everybody thumbs up at the end, and like they're like, eh, you know, you can do okay here. And like, I guess what I'm thinking now is, it's if you thought the next episode was good, but you were that angry at this guy, like, what the fuck are we about to talk about? Because like, boy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking. We're gonna be talking about how a lot more people in this universe need to seriously get fired from their jobs. <laughs> next episode is more than fired, but we'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. Next episode is put on trial, <laughs> or rather, no. This is like this is a secret military compound. It's. It's not put on trial. It's it's much darker. Put on trial is what he would want, but it's not what he gets. Okay, so next episode starts. Uh, Hiromo, he got woken up early by Nick. Uh, it, we I didn't mention it earlier, but like Nick has a thing where he can't like navigate, at, which is funny because he's a vehicle. And also apparently he's bad at uh, timing because he woke up Hiromu 100 minutes early instead of 10 minutes early. So it's just yeah, the crack ass of the morning. They're a little confused because there's an announcement over the intercom that uh, the that mech number two, the blue gorilla, is deploying. So they think that there's an attack, but uh, then someone shows up and is like, oh, no, 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 Blue's just training. He's doing a training exercise. Yeah, because, you know, you were seven and Yoko was three when you started doing this and he was 15. So he has to work a lot to make up that difference. That is, I have a note here. That is one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard in a sci-fi show. I mean, I get... Like, kids pick up things easily. So I can understand the logic of, like, hey, maybe they're just more naturals. Like, 
over time they've kind of just become very professional at this, but like that's one of the most fucking anime things where like being slightly older at something is like a drawback. Like you are you are <laughs> at your apex of competence at seventeen and everything past that is downhill. No, Harry, it it's worse, it's darker than that. What they're implying is that he has to unlearn how to be a human. It's that his time in school around normal people, living in a normal society, is holding him back from being the apex killing machine, emotionless monster that they need. <laughs> There's just Ryuji being slapped and told, like, you are a weapon of the government. You will forget the faces of your friends. You will forget your family. Uh, Enter is then spotted outside of a uh, Megazord development facility, which looks a whole lot like a random university campus that they filmed at. Uh, again, showing Enter's picture in places where he might show up. It's, it's good. Uh, and also, this place is extra important because it has the plans for a new buster machine. Yeah. Because, like, why wouldn't they make more? You know, Valkyrus could get stronger, so they gotta keep going at it. They don't know how Vargas found it, and that does become a plot point later, but I kind of was thinking to myself that it can't be that hard to figure out. Like, you know, these these guys have just a ton of a logistics trail. Like, there, there's only so many places where you could, like, design and build giant machines, especially the build parts. Like, there, there's got to be, like, two or three buildings, period, where they can construct these things. Yeah, you say that, but, like, I mean, and you joked about being a university, but it probably is a university. Like, they're just, there's probably just some college where there's one one building where it's like oh yeah that's a separate government building you don't go in there and they're they're doing the secret stuff and hoping that Vagris doesn't find out i guess now that you mentioned that i'm flashing back to my time at university of uh, washington seattle there was like a building that everyone kind of joked around that it was a, a random nuclear reactor in the middle of campus but and and i wasn't ever sure if i believed that but i was certainly not allowed anywhere near it no yeah like i I briefly went to the University of Washington Tacoma. Well, I say briefly, I got a fucking bachelor's there, like, whatever. Uh, wait, no, wait, I, did I get a master's? Hold on. Yeah, I got a master's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, time is time is flexible. Anyway, the point is, one of my professors in one lecture did kind of offhandedly mention, like, oh yeah, like, me and uh, another buddy were working with the military to develop, uh, like, unbreakable quantum communications. I'm like, are you supposed to be telling us this? <laughs> uh, professors are the biggest blabbers. Yeah. Like, so there's some shit that goes down at universities. But yeah, so the lab in university is in chaos because they're put on high alert. People are running around everywhere, so no one notices Enter doing, like, adorable police cosplay. Yeah. Even though he has his uh, weird science backpack. He has his weird science backpack and his weird science goggles on. But yeah, the Go-Busters show up and, you know, they spot him immediately. So he summons putties. He, he's running further into the facility, and he sees, like, a door kind of closing, and so he shoots forces forward his uh, wires, and says, with this kind of security, there must be some quite Trebian plans. I do want to point out before we get past the putty fight, like, it's it's uh, fast, but it's quite fun, and there is a moment where uh, Yellow does an armbar toss on a putty, lands him on the ground, plants her foot on his chest, and does a Mozambique pistol drill uh, to his chest and face. Yeah, they they really murdered the heck out of these putties. Yeah, yeah, especially Yellow. You know, she is 16. She has never had friends or family. She is nothing but murder. Uh, and Enter says, you know, hey, I've even grown quite attached to all of you. Uh, so more attached to the idea of your destruction. Ah, uh, Go Busters, Mapius. 
which I, I looked up. It means I looked up not knowing that uh, the episode once I had paused that was about to explain what it meant, but it means something like my sweetheart or my darling. Uh, the Gobusters assume it means my little fleas, which confuses Yoko until Red points out that she does jump around a lot. Some engineers there, they show up and say, oh, yeah, good job. We matched the seal off the plans with the emergency gates. He didn't get through. But then one of them uh, recognizes Ryuji and steps forward and says, oh, hey. Uh, Blue is meeting up with an old high school friend. Uh, they haven't, they kind of lost touch after they turned 15 for some unforeseen reason. Uh, they're high school buddies, and yeah, they both had dreams of becoming engineers. Here's where some of the weirdness starts, because first off, they keep portraying it as Ryuji having, like, kind of given up on his dream or fallen behind. But, like, his dream was to become an engineer specifically who works with giant robots. And he is working in a facility as a pilot of giant robots. And, like, I know it's not, like, 100% exactly the same dream, but that's, like, so goddamn close. Like, he, mm-hmm. he he's learning how to maintain his own thing. Like, he knows the specifics. Like, I would say that that's basically the same thing. It's kind of like in NASA. So there's, like, there's the astronauts at NASA, and then there's the engineers at NASA. And really, the only differentiator between the two is the astronauts have abs, and the engineers do not. But he has abs. It'd be like if someone dreamed of becoming an engineer at NASA and instead became an astronaut. I was like, oh, I failed. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Like, no, you did better. You're doing better. And you have abs. Yeah, you're looking good, kid. For your mid-twenties and all that, yeah. They go to where the plants are being held. It's in, like, a special room where there's no uh, connections to the outside and the walls block radio signals. Makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, that's good security precautions. And uh, he shows up to some vague specifics of a new machine. Ryuji asks, so, hey, Kazuya, did design this? It's like, oh, no, don't be silly. It It was a... It was a team effort. Engineering isn't quite the fantastic job we thought it was. And like, he he seems like he had some weird expectations. He really did. He really did. And also, and I I guess I never realized it before. So the, the big monsters that the GoBusters are fighting, those were developed and built on Earth. They were being used uh, for building the Energon facilities around the place. And we have like a, a very quick flashback, either now or in a minute or two. Uh, where we go back and we see, like, a young uh, Blue just uh, watching fondly as one of these robots is building an Energon tank. Yeah, the the Alpha Megazord, he's just doing some, uh, like, building work. Like, they, they were, they were like, skyhooks you would see, just, like, you know, lifting up parts of buildings, doing, doing work. And I can see how that would be incredibly useful to have a few more of those uh, for the Rangers, like, for their various fights. Uh, and Enter, very specifically, he didn't... He did show up to destroy the plants. He wanted to get in and, and grab them for himself. And yeah. Yoko was actually the first one to come up with the idea, like, oh, maybe he wants to make a new Megazord. Yeah, so the, the Rangers are getting their upgrades, so Enter also wants to get some upgrades. Good on him. So they're pretty sure he'll show up for another try. And, I mean, yeah, they, they go into Haruji. Yeah, this is where they do his tank. He grew up near a tank. He just saw him. It's almost like waving to him uh, when it sees him. It... it- it might have been. His father might have been piloting it, Harry. And they both want to be engineers, and in the winter of their first year of high school, it happened. And so yeah. he had to give up on his dream and instead get, like, a very similar and slightly better dream. Uh, but he does uh, turn to his friend and say that we all have childhood dreams uh, that haven't come to pass. And come on, man, you're a superhero. <laughs> you're... 
You won. You won the goddamn lottery. Uh, Gorisaki, uh, Blue's, uh, like, buddy-roid is kind of eavesdropping on him, like, in their conversation. And even the other buddy-roids show up and like, dude, you're, you're being kind of creepy. Like, when they're not in combat, you should let them have a private life. Which is a little rich, because, you know, the, the Blue buddy-roid, he points out, like, hey, I don't have the same bond, uh, with my guy as you do. Like, they grew up, like, you're basically their only family, whereas I am just a co-worker with mine. Yeah. Also, like, mine is either self-reliant or acts crazy, depending on if his, like, weakness is popping off or not. So, like, either I can't help him or I can't help him. <laughs> uh, cut to Enter in a hardware store. It's a good episode for Enter cosplay, because uh, in this scene, he is in overalls, just dressed like a farmer. <laughs> yeah, you could do a fashion catalog of the looks of Enter. Yep. I, I'm sure the costume department, like, he's... You know, he's the only human adversary uh, that the that the Rangers have. So the costume department just gets to go out with him. Yeah. And like the, the Go-Busters, because they've been drafted into the military, they're pretty much always wearing fatigue style uniforms. Like they don't have different outfits that they need to change. So, yeah, it is pretty much just Enter who has different clothes. Have we ever seen yellow or blue in civilian attire? I don't think they own civilian attire. <laughs> Do, do they own anything, Harry? Do they have possessions? I mean, the government probably gives them, like, a stipend. But what what would they do with it? Yeah, probably probably not a lot. Yeah, uh, but so he's at a hardware store, he finds a drill, and he, uh, uh, he creates a drill bot, which is actually really scary looking. I love the design of this thing, because it's just a lot of drills, just a lot of drilly drills sticking out at all odd angles. And it keeps making drill noises with its mouth, like, drrr, drrr. So there's an incoming big bot in three minutes, like only three minutes. I guess they had some spare energon from the previous episode. I mean, they, they did get close to taking another Megazord. Yeah, uh, the uh, the friend, uh, like he gets a phone call from his boss and he says like, okay, I'm staying behind to lock down uh, all the software. You go and fight the baddies. And I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, huh, I thought he said that this room was like uh, radio sealed. Uh, how would he be getting a phone call? And I thought that the show missed that, but nope, as soon as the Rangers leave the room, they're like, wait, that room was radio sealed. How did he get a phone call? Yeah, both uh, both Red and Blue figured it out. Yellow didn't. She was like, oh, dang. <laughs> so uh, Ryuji kind of looks back and says, uh, hey, you two go deal with the robot. I, I kind of wish there'd been a moment where they asked what type of robot it was, because if it's a Gamma, they kind of need all three of them to deal with it. But in theory, uh, like Red can finish off a Beta or an Alpha on its own. It is an alpha in the end, so, like, they could have effectively asked that. Uh, but we barely get to see it, but uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll get into that. Or actually, we'll get into it right now, because uh, the big monster shows up and is nowhere to be seen. And they realize, oh no, it's beneath us. It's like aliens, but opposites. Like, you know, it's not in the ceiling, it's in the sewers. Oh, this is something I forgot to mention earlier. In fact, I even, like, in the last episode, I said... At one point, I wanted to mention it, but I was like, I would say it later, but then I didn't. Like, uh, I th I think I forgot to mention it. I haven't edited it yet. The next ep next episode, I'll be apologizing for releasing the episode late, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, Vagras, they always teleport their robots in, in the air, which fits with, like, the little bit of inaccuracy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was joking about them not wanting to teleport them in the ground usually, so actually it makes sense that they gotta do it up a little bit, so they kind of just drop in. But this one, they go down on purpose. I like it. I, I really... We've said this before. I love that they thought stuff through. 
that thing. It's not like it doesn't hold up to strict physics scrutiny, but it at least holds up to in-show scrutiny. Ah, so Ryuji, he walks back in the room and sees like in the computer a very large bar progressing, saying like copying data. Copying secret data. Cannot minimize window. Must must have it like full thing. You cannot just have this like bar off to the side of the screen and then be watching YouTube videos on the other half, which is what I would be doing. Uh, and Ryuji says, okay, what's on the hard drive? As Fred says, nothing, nothing's on the hard drive. Anyway, I need to go over there. So Ryuji just like grabs it out of his hand and slaps him to the ground because he's super strong and also a soldier. And this guy's, you know, just like a nerd who works in the university. Yep, yep, yep. So Blue's friend, he admits to stealing the plan, says his life isn't going well. Yeah, his life isn't going well. Because he always wanted to be a robot engineer, and all he got was a job as a robot engineer working in a secret government facility making the most high-tech military-grade robots in existence, <laughs> fighting for the fate of humanity. But, like, not, he, but his colleagues don't look up to him all the time. Like, what the fuck, dude? This is like a guy who likes aeronautics and becoming an engineer at NASA and being like, man, fuck this. Like, what are you talking about? It's worse than that. It's a guy who gets a job in aeronautics at NASA specifically designing like lasers to defend against incoming asteroids and then choosing to side with the asteroids. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a climate scientist being put in like as the the like, the head of climate reversal will be like, eh, I'm just gonna work for big oil. Like, what the fuck? Like, secretly. You know what? Just fuck the climate. Just, like, burn everything. Burn it to the ground. But I will get some dollars doing it. You can't spend dollars in an apocalypse. Anyway. And that's why we all need to bury gold in our backyard. No, no, no. Gold will become useless come the apocalypse. We need to bury, like, uh, penicillin. Fair enough. I guess that would just be bearing like bread. I don't know. I don't really know how that works. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the drill bot, he, uh, he pops out of the floor, like the smaller one, and uh, is going for the computer, at which point Blue just punches the fuck out of this computer. And the robot freaks out. It's like, oh, dude, such strength. Are you even human? And Blue just says, probably. <laughs> Red and yellow, they're in their big bots, so they're getting, like, shot at from beneath the ground. They're not really able to do much. They're just, like, buying time and dodging. Uh, Blue is pep-talking his friend while fighting the drill bot, just, like, with his bare hands. He doesn't transform until halfway through the fight. And his buddy manages to get away with the hard drive, kept saying, like, no, dreams are better off staying as dreams. Except for my dreams, which I achieved and did like for some reason. Uh, There's a little bit of, like, physical... Not, like, comedy, but just, like, placement where the, you know, the external hard drive that he was downloading the plans to, it's getting, like, slid around, so both uh, Blue and the drill are going for it. And Blue, like, kicks it to his friend at one point and tells him to get it to safety. Instead, he he falls to the ground and has, like, an emotional epiphany that what he's doing is wrong. But it took long enough having the emotional epiphany that Enter shows up and just grabs it. It's like, thanks, dude. And then makes it rain with some dollar bills. Yeah, just, just very dismissively says, here's what we agreed on and throws him like a stack of... Like, that couldn't have been that much money. It's like a, it's like a single handful of bills. Uh, well, oh, okay, okay, Harry. Like, you know, I, I've i seen this, like, uh, I've seen this gig, uh, this gag in, like, movies before. You know, someone will pull out the briefcase and it's like, there's $10 million inside it. And then they open it up and there's just, like, a single stack of bills. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, that would be 
like what ten million dollars would actually it's not a giant pile of money. No, it, no, it's like, just big bills. He had at most like a hundred bills, so assuming that it's like what, like ten thousand yen notes? What is the biggest uh in circulation Japanese currency note? I'll look this up. Largest yen notes in circulation. There are 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, and 10,000 yen banknotes in circulation. So they're Benjamins is the most. So he sold out Dang. humanity for... Like 10k? For Yeah, 10 grand. Jeez. Like, it's a kid's solution that could do this, but it would have made a lick of sense maybe if he was like, had a drug addiction or like, gambling debts. Or had some other motivation aside from just like, boredom designing alien fighting robots <laughs> or like or like enter like he was doing it for his girlfriend and he shows up and it's like and it's uh enter just like uh but yeah so blue is fighting the uh drill bots alone and it's a fun and pretty brutal combat especially the end uh during which blue takes out two swords stabs the dr- stabs the drill bot through the arms pins him to the ground and then walks away just like execution shot to the head so he goes into his uh, Megazord and links up with the team. They combine into the Megazord, uh, like the, the combo Megazord, uh, Go Buster O. It, funny story, uh, initially in translations, they tra- just translated it to Go Buster King. Uh, but for reasons that come up later, turns out that that was a mistake. Oh, okay. Uh, they realize that because their super weapon is like kind of reality bending or like it creates a pocketed subspace, they can kind of just zap the ground and pull the enemy robot out and, like, destroy it. Presumably also leaving, like, either a, a big gap or a pile of broken machinery under the city. Yeah, either way, it's not great for the structural integrity of the town. Uh, and it's also not a, it's not a great fight. It's another, they charge the sword, they do one swing, and they win. Again. Yeah. The on-the-ground stuff, I am loving. It is brutal, it is hand-hand stuff, it is, like... It is oddly John Wick in moments, but the the big, big bot is... It's fine. At least it's short. So, at the end of the episode, Ryuji's buddy kind of comes staggering back to the facility and says, Oh, I I tried. And uh, Ryuji says, I know, you wouldn't have come back otherwise. And his buddy vows to give this job the chance it deserved. And Ryuji kind of gives him a look and says, Yeah, dude, good luck with that. We never see this guy again, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, the second the episode ended, like, someone puts a bag on his head from behind and he's thrown into a van. Welcome to Tokyo's energy company. We're off the grid. So are you. So, yeah, yeah, uh, some dumb motivations. And and some stuff they mentioned that, like, uh, Blue, the reason he was wrapped up in all this is because he was going to that facility 13 years ago to meet some of his mentors who were great at building robots. And, you know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he actually likes this job. He even likes his partner. And, and good teammates, too. That's the end of some episodes I didn't like as much. They had good bits in them. Like, uh, I liked the world building with the mechanic, even if, you know, it was a dumb pet the wooby mechanic. And I, I liked a lot about this last episode, except for the motivation of the friend. If they had fixed the motivation of the friend, it would have been a much stronger episode. Yeah, yeah. Also, they really need to figure out how to make the big robot fights interesting again. They were doing so good. They were doing so good, Harry. I mean, they had a long string of fights or episodes where the fight was like largely giant robot based. So now maybe they're just focusing on the on foot for a little bit. And then, I mean, it it seems to be like they're 
definitely pouring a lot of time and energy into the on the ground combats, just making sure everyone everyone gets like the murderous John Wick scene. Uh, well, any more to talk about for these episodes? No, I think we covered it fairly fairly thoroughly. Like good world building, a lot of horrifying world building too. But hey, it is what it is. That's the world, baby. That's the way it is. Uh, and another way it is is what we're going to keep doing until next time. Uh, we are going to continue to dance. Just keep dancing, everyone. Keep dancing. Keep dancing.